0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh,
2: oh,
3: oh, O'Reilly. Auto Parts. (laughs) I love I didn't know you were a but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith.
4: (laughs) Call Jiggy right now, 267-222. Jiggy.
2: Hey Jiggy, what's happening, man? Might <laughs> be that uh David song. Jiggy Blake It's It's a great day, but thanks so much for having me on the show.
5: Presented.
3: I'm I'm Mike Massey and uh, you know you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my drinks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy
5: Jaguar.
2: I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours.
3: It is the big broadcast. We are live coast to coast. Twitch. We're twitching on the Twitch, kids, over there at JiggyJaguar.com. In this hour, we'll talk to Barry Friedman, Teresa Texas, and Roger Helmfield. So let's get into it. We are going to go to our first guest. He is going to join us live here on our big broadcast. He has been so happy. I think this guy has emailed me like three times in one day you got to calm down. We're going to get to you. That's how it works. Get a hold of us online at JiggyJaguar.com. Find us on the web, on Facebook. And, of course, 50-plus FM stations across the country and around the world. We're going to go to our first guest. Barry Friedman is going to join us here in just a few seconds. Barry is... An author and uh, an Hello. amazing all-around guy. I think we've got Barry Friedman with us on the line. Welcome to the broadcast, Barry. How are you, sir? Uh, I am
0: fine, and I'm glad this is not Zoom because my hair looks like Nick Nolte. I, I, <laughs> I can't stand <laughs> Zoom.
3: I can't stand Zoom. But, uh, but Barry, you have an incredible new project. Tell me a little bit about this incredible project, my friend. <laughs> Uh, are we allowed to curse on the air? You can say whatever the heck you like, my friend. It, it, the book is called Jack Shit. Awesome. Volu-
0: Voluptuous Bagels and Other Concerns of Jack Friedman. It's about my first volume of a story about my father, the last 20 years of his life. This was the part when I, when he lived in Vegas after my mom died. And I used to go out there and literally plug in his computer or take him out to lunch. And we just hang out and we go to buffets and stuff. And I started writing about just hanging out with them on Substack and Facebook. And after a while, I said, this may be an actual pretty good book. So, put it together, and we got <laughs> volume
3: one. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, why in the world did you decide to write this book?
0: Because after a while, he would say things that were so preposterous and so brilliant, you'd think, this has to be written down. Now, everybody's got fathers, or had fathers, or Wanted to have fathers. And this one just seemed like it worked. You know, you go to a buffet. Like one time he told me, uh, he and his friend, uh, Bill from Indiana, right? (laughs) And he said, Bill's a Jew. And he goes, Who knew they had Jews in Indiana? I go, Yeah, they have Jews all over the place. But he was very (laughs) impressed by the fact that (laughs) there was an Indiana Jew. Anyway, so they go to a buffet, a, a breakfast buffet. And he tells me the story. He goes, so we had breakfast, and then we stayed for lunch. He goes, what do you mean you stayed for lunch? He goes, well, breakfast was two for one. He goes, Well, what we decided was, we learned was, that if you got there late at breakfast, that breakfast ended at 10.45, and lunch started at 11.30. He goes, so if we got to breakfast late, we ate breakfast and then just hung around, and then we slid into lunch. So I said, so in other words, you had four meals for the price of one. He goes, yeah, isn't that great? I go, but do you really want to have lunch at 1130 after eat finishing breakfast at 1045? And he said, you're missing the point. And it hit me that I was missing the point. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing that after a while I wrote about because I thought this is just wisdom that I don't have.
3: Hey, I'll I'll tell you. uh, There is a buffet that I love to eat in Vegas when we are there, and um, I was looking at there the last time we were there uh, in January for the uh, for the Pone convention. Um, Mm -hmm. I will have to say that the thought did cross my mind of we've had lunch. What the hell can I do to just hang around until yes. dinner? <laughs> it's, just, it's perfect. And then you just, the key word is
0: you just slide into dinner. You don't make a big deal about it. You just slide into dinner.
3: Yeah. Because you're already there. <laughs> you're already there, exactly. And
0: that was the thing about my father. It was like absurd. It was crazy, but he wasn't entirely wrong. Like, for instance, he he, he wore the worst toupees Imagine. Well, think about the worst toupee you've ever seen on a man. My father's toupee was worse than that. That's awesome. He used to <laughs> buy hair pieces. I'm not kidding. That came. Uh, they were women's hair pieces. He used to buy online, and they'd have names on them like Celeste or Diane, literally. And they would come. He put them on his head and cut them himself in a mirror. Because you know what could go wrong. (laughs) What could go wrong?
3: That is awesome.
0: Yeah. So he put it on, and then it got so bad that his friend Bill, the Jew from Indiana, of course, takes him into the garage and and, and styles my father's hair. Okay. And and this is this is this is this is front doormat thick hair. And as we're driving back to my father's apartment, I said to him, "I said, you know, maybe you should stop buying hair." that comes in a box in the mail. And he said to me, what do you want me to do? That's the way they come.
3: I said, well,
0: he's got a point. Not that there could be other places to get a toupee, but that his hair, in fact, did come from a box. What else was he going to do?
3: That is awesome. That is fantastic. Decided to write this stuff down. We have got a great guest with us today, Uh, just an amazing guest, Barry Friedman with us today. He joins us live here on our big, big program. So your book, absolutely amazing. Tell us a little bit about the whole writing process of putting this book together.
0: Well, um, you know, I was a comedian, I'm a comedian for the last 30 years. And so a lot of the conversation stayed with me. And if the conversation didn't stay with me, the transitions did. So, you know, I would remember we go out to breakfast and he'd say something and then I'd start writing it and remember, oh, yeah, this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. And so at first I would I would write it down. And for the first couple of years, it was on Facebook, just posts on Facebook. And I noticed people were commenting and responding, and they started knowing characters and cousins. And I thought, this is getting kind of interesting. And then when I moved it to Substack, you know, I wrote more regularly. And they would always begin, like, with your Thursday Jack, your Friday Jack, and the recurring characters and the recurring places we would go. And then as it went on, and enough people said, this really should be a book. I thought, all right, well, how do I turn this into a book? Because if, you, you know, if you're reading a Facebook post on a Tuesday, then you read one on Thursday, the transition's kind of built in. It's a new day. But if you're just turning a page, I figured, well, that wouldn't work. So I needed some sort of glue to put the whole thing together. And the thing that actually pulled it all together was just the, you know, you, you, your father moves out to Vegas when he's 79 years old. And you figure, okay, well, this is, this is borrowed time. This is house money well, he just died in November at 96. So I had like 17 years with him and he was pretty active until the end. And so the glue was, this is the, the trip we're taking. It wasn't melancholy. It wasn't, uh, full of, you know, memory. It was just pretty much the here and now. And this is what an 84, 85, 86, 90 year old man does when he has too much energy, still thinks he's 40. And my job was pretty much as a scribe, just write down sort of the wisdom of Jack Friedman. And, and after a while, I knew that Saturday was going to be a, a post, because we used to go to a breakfast place, called uh, Old School Bagels. But somehow he decided to call it Owlhead Bagels. And so everybody in the country knows there's this one place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I live, called Owlhead Bagels. Owlhead Bagels. Owlhead. And I said to him one time, why do you call it Owlhead? He goes, what are you talking about? He doesn't even remember why I called it owl bagels. That's awesome. you know. So,
3: <laughs> well, you know, uh, a, a few years ago when we were doing Jiggy Jag TV, I used to wear a gigantic sombrero when we would go do some some of these things, and I would put. A bottle of water in the sombrero, and I would always talk about, "Oh my God, the sombrero!" It or I was I would call it the Mexican hat because, of course, I had to be as offensive as possible. And uh, I said the Mexican hat. It even holds water. And then I would just laugh like a little schoolgirl. And a few years ago, <laughs> I started putting old episodes of Jiggy Jag TV on our website, and I would watch those, and I'm like. That's not funny. What in the world? Why was I laughing at this? So, he probably <laughs> well, named it and then just forgot why the hell he named it that way. He he
0: he was an accountant, right? And he he I guess he thought I'm not going to be the accountant who's not funny, who's not the life of the party. And so he just told jokes and he told terrible jokes. And in his mind's, as his mind started fading, the jokes got even worse. I'm going to tell you the worst joke he ever told. All right? And it gets worse. He used to tell a joke that started like this. I was attacking a girl in an alley. I'd say, Dad, you uh, can't tell this. Uh, yes. No, No, hold on. I was attacking a girl in an alley, and I said, don't scream. It's embarrassing for me, too. That's awesome. That was the joke. Okay. Now, as bad as that joke is, as the years went on, he forgot the punchline. So the joke was, I was attacking a girl in an alley, and I said, stand still. That was the joke that he eventually (laughs) used to tell to everybody. And yet, this guy, my father, as inappropriate as he was, and I mean inappropriate, was never mean, and so everybody brushed it off. And I guess when you're ninety, everybody you brushed 90, it off. <laughs> you know, people, you know, people are going to forgive you for it. And so he just kept rolling. I mean, the first joke he ever told me, um, I actually put in my act because it was just brilliant. I mean, he, my parents were married for 18 years; they split up for a year, then they got back together. And I said to my dad one time because I had forgotten. I said, "How long you and mom married?" He said, "Gross or net." <laughs> <laughs>
3: like,
0: that's yes. just a brilliant joke. And so I put that in the act. And then one time we were at, in Vegas, and
3: that's awesome. I, Gross I, I, I was dating.
0: Net? I was dating, actually dating a, a, a crazy girl. It's one of the one of the strip shows on in on the strip. And I was dating one of the girls, and she came by after the show. And she gives me a hug, and and of course, she's got the jeans on and the boots, and her hair's piled up, and she's that wonderful combination of just sexy and trashy, and just every bit gorgeous and every bit Vegas. And, and she walks by my father and says hi to him, because she knows him. And as she walks by, he looks at her from behind, and he looks back at me he says, ugh, to be 60 again.
3: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh and so more and more of these stories just kept making it into these pages. And and then the first volume was from uh, when he moved down to Las Vegas to when I moved him to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I live. Because he was getting, he was like 88, 89 at the time. And, you know, I figured, well, there's going to come a point where he won't be able to live by himself. And I'd rather we make this decision while he still can be a part of it. And that's how I got him to Tulsa. Although he, he, he told people, uh Almost to the day he died, that I dragged him to Tulsa. You know what? What do you got in Tulsa? What do you got in Tulsa? Oklahoma is not a is not a state it's a condition. He loved telling that
3: joke a lot too. <laughs> that is awesome. That is fantastic. Well, uh, you are amazing, my friend. Uh, this Thank th- this you. Th- th- this book is a, th- is tremendous and. Uh, do you still do the stand up thing? Do you still yeah. go around yeah, and tour? Still, and I that? still do it. In fact I, I work the gig I, I have done
0: every year for the last thirty two years. I go down to the Atlantis in the Bahamas every year. Uh and I worked down there for two weeks. They they booked twenty six comedians every year, each one of us for two weeks. And they've been booking me for thirty two years. It's still one of my favorite gigs. I still work Vegas once in a great while, do some corporate gigs and, and once in a while in Texas and a couple of times in New York. Not as much as I used to. Because uh, one thing's hit me that I just turned sixty five and, and you know, when you're forty five and you're on stage and you look at a lot of the people in the audience who are twenty or twenty five, you go, Well, I'm old enough to be their, their father. And that's sobering. But when you're 65 and you feel 45, you go, "Wait, I'm old enough to be their grandfather, literally." And well, I'm not sure anybody wants to hear what the grandfather's sexual proclivities were in the late 80s.
3: I think <laughs> no. I, I I send me an email when you get a chance because I have two venues who may be interested in bringing you in in the state of Kansas. Oh, and off this interview today i think it would be tremendous if we could get you into kansas The state of where now where do you live i am unfortunately in hutchinson kansas which is where one of the venues is and the other is in wichita kansas and it is at a wait for it swingers club so i think i have played both cities (laughs) <laughs> where, when, what when in the would, world did would, you do when, in Hotch? Where, where where did you would, play
0: Hotch? If there was a hotel with a lounge in the late 80s, early 90s, I played it. That was the thing about comedy back then. It was so much comedy, so wow. much going on in the Midwest. Yeah, that I, you know, left Tulsa, I would drive. You know, I, you're going to know some of these cities. Chanute, Pittsburgh.
3: Chanute, baby. Olathe.
0: Olathe. Yeah,
3: That's right. Uh, Salina, Salina, Kansas. Oh, That's that. That is 48. the uh, aforementioned home of Jiggy Jag TV. Yes.
0: Yeah, we played all of those places.
3: Have you so ever, have you ever played I... McPherson, Kansas? <laughs> McPherson. McPherson. No. Good. Be glad. No. I did play it. <laughs> you would. You would probably pronounce it Dodge. McPherson, and they would, of course, <laughs> say there's no fear in McPherson. But uh, hey.
0: Dodge City parking lot. I'm at home. Dodge
3: City. I played. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yes. Shoot me an email because I have a couple venues that I think you would be gold at. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> send 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 me an email and I'll get you in touch with the uh, with with the with the people, as they say, the people.
0: Uh, There are people people in Hutchison, right? There are people. people.
3: Unfortunately, there are people here. But uh, before we let you go, how do we get in touch with you online, social media, the websites, all these things?
0: Well, you can go to uh, barrysfriedeman.com to get the books and read more about me than you ever wanted to read about me. You could go to Friedman of the Plains
3: Freedman of the Plains.
0: Yes, uh, my friend Charlie Pierce at Esquire gave me that that name because I contribute to his column once in a great while, and so he gave me the name Freedman of the Plains. And that's where you can read all the Substack stuff, all the political stuff, all the stuff about my father, all the all this stuff is uh, is there. Uh, and of course, if you want to buy the book, you can go to Amazon to get it there, or I'm sure you can go to your bookstore and order it. It's it's an actual real book, so they'll they'll be able to find it and order it there. But Fantastic. if you love Amazon, and some people do inexplicably, you can get
3: it there <laughs> inexplicably. Well, you are amazing. Shoot me that email, brother, because uh, send send me some stuff that I can send over to these folks. Uh, if you've got anything online, anything like this, because I I think you would be gold at these two places. So
0: thank you. There's some stuff on YouTube. I'll see if I can find it. And I know I got a video somewhere of yes, it. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. And they can read a lot about it too. But yeah, this is this has been fun. I've been I've been looking at your your site and. Got oh, God, which one did you
3: look at? Did you, did you look at I, the, uh, the the JiggyJaguar.com or the porn site? What, 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 what did you look no, at? Because We I interview porn stars porn. as well on this broadcast. So we do a little I, bit
0: of you know You know what's the great line? I love this line one time I read. It said, just remember when you die, they will find your porn.
3: Yes. <laughs>
0: uh, no, I, so the, I I went to the actual the PG website. The
3: oh, PG. look at that. Yeah, that one. Sigmund Freud, uh yeah. and uh, the fantastic. Uh,
0: and you just interviewed my friend Bill Bernhardt, I see, yes. a couple days ago.
3: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
3: He is uh he's fantastic. So he's
0: a real yeah, like sixty two
3: books or something? Some kind of crazy number. <laughs> I mean,
0: I don't think I've read sixty two books.
3: Well, you have been fantastic, Barry. Thanks for making some time for us. And uh I will is. definitely talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. Get me over that email, brother, because I wanna get you that I wanna get you down here, man.
0: That'll be great. You take care of yourself.
3: All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. There he goes. Fantastic. Barry Friedman. He joins us here on our big program. Get a hold of us online over there at J-I-G-G-Y, More coming up on the other side. We're going to go track down that rude person who called in the middle of Barry's interview and find out what the hell they wanted. More coming up.
2: you can get generic
0: Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about
4: $2 a pill. Call now for the 50 pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-485-3208 800-485-3208 800-485-3208 That's 800-485-3208
6: Attention people with Medicare and anyone turning 65. Are you enrolled in the best Medicare plan available? The average Medicare beneficiary has a choice of 54 Medicare plans, 766 Medicare Part D prescription drug plans, and a record 3,834 Medicare Advantage plans. How do you know you have the right plan? Simple. Call 800-991-7014. That's 800-991-7014. The service is free. You may find a plan with a $0 monthly premium, $0 co-pays, and $0 deductible. Don't gamble. Speak to a licensed agent to find out which plan is right for you. Call 800-991-7014. That's 800-991-7014. 800-991-7014. And let BestMedCare do the work for you.
3: Download the iHeartRadio app to hear us live as live can get. Search J I G G Y J A G U A R. You will hear great bits like this from Barry Farber, legendary conservative talk show host. Makes the
1: difference. But look, man, I got to thank you uh, for giving me this much time, this much respect. You have really made today a great pleasure for me, and I want to thank you for. it.
3: Once you've downloaded the iHeartRadio app, search J-I-G-G-Y, J-A-G-U-A-R, and listen to all of our past episodes and future episodes of the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar Show, all categorized by hour. Well I, I,
0: well, I just want to say I love what you do, James, but I, I love what you're doing, I love just being a part of what you're what you, sharing information uh, with your
3: listeners. Search J-I-G-G-Y, J-A-G-U-A-R on iHeartRadio.
5: If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit Now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit Now. They've helped over 10 million people. Without destroying your credit, they can reduce your interest rates, lower your total payments up to 30 to 50% to get you out of debt fast. For a free consultation, call Consolidated Credit Now. The program works. Call one 800 435 1899 one 800 435 4
4: precious metals call now for your free gold and silver report protect your ira today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to ten thousand dollars in free silver call genesis gold group empowering faith-driven stewardship 800-290-1439 800-290-1439 290 1439 that's 800-290-1439 to the Jiggy Jaguar radio show on the network.
3: Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast to coast. Bowler to Bowler on iHeartRadio today. And, of course, we've got our next guest coming up here in just a few quick seconds. Get a hold of us online over there at jiggyjaguar dot com. We are going to go to our next guest. She is going to join us here on our big broadcast. Teresa is with us. Teresa, welcome to the program. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm great. I hope you're doing well as well.
3: Yes, yes. And you have a tremendous, tremendous new project. Tell us a little bit about this latest project that you've got, my friend.
1: I wrote a small book. It's very simple, but has a lot of metaphors in it about life it's called the littlest sailboat a journey of the soul and in many ways it's a story of my life but it's the story of every life
3: so and why did you go through why did experience. you decide to write this incredible book
1: okay what happened actually is i went to a seminary where it was all faith seminary which i wanted to study all faiths. it was not that i had any i thought of being a minister as far as um, in a church or whatever, but what ended up happening, the final project was we had to write about what our ministry was going to look like. If we had all the money we want and whatever to do, and I thought, wow, I never thought of it that way, and as I was was talking to the head of the school, I said, "I, I... I'm not in this for that reason, and all of a sudden I remembered a line that somebody said to me one time, which was, "You know, you're like a sailboat. You you sort of float in and out of people's lives as you're needed." <laughs> and that's where the
3: that is awesome.
1: <laughs> and then I thought, okay, I'm going to write a book on the little sailboat.
3: That is tremendous. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast. Teresa is with us, author of The Littlest Sailboat. So talk to me about your writing process for this incredible book.
1: Well, it was truly inspired. I have no doubt about that because it was just so simple to write. The beginning of the book is is actually you could see somebody born in the pain they go through, and learning that there's got to be more. There's got to be more than just what I'm experiencing or what anybody is experiencing. And the little boat learns what that means. And it just flowed out of me. It really did. It did not. It it was a process to uh, get the words to say exactly what I wanted because I wanted to keep it extremely simple so that it could be read to a child, but every adult can understand it as well.
3: That's awesome. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big, big program. So what are some of your goals for this incredible book, The Littlest Sailboat?
1: Well, I remember when I was safe for the first time and I felt God's love, I, I started very much being an, an agnostic. And I I just had a moment, an incredible moment. And when I had that moment, I said, well, If I can share the love I have just felt for not even a second with anybody, it would help them start changing their lives. It certainly did for me.
3: That is awesome. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast. You can also download archived audio over there at iHeartRadio. Teresa Contraxis is with us. I hope I didn't butcher that last name. She is the oh, author I'm of The Littlest <laughs> Sailboat. So this book, you've put a lot of time and effort into this book. What do you want readers to take away from your writing of this book? That no matter how life
1: how hard it is it's just a step away from becoming better and that it's a process just don't get better overnight i i i lived with so much sadness for a long time and when it started lifting it still takes a lot of time but keep going keep digging you'll find your way out because you're you always have your helpers ready to help you
3: that's awesome that is fantastic it is A great guest with us today. She's the author of the Littlest Sailboat. Teresa joins us here on the telephone, talking a little bit about this incredible, incredible book. So, talk to me a little bit about some of the different uh, aspects of putting this book together. What? What was there? A lot of research, you know? Just give me an overall here, my friend. Actually,
1: there was no research. I take that back. I was going to say there was no research, but. Through my lifetime, I started my journey when I was about 30. Obviously, you start well before then, but if you pick a defining moment of when you went, I, I got to have more, and you become a sponge and want more and more and more. It happened when I was pregnant with my third. And it was, I read so many books and so many authors from all sorts of belief systems. And I started going to different... Events and stuff, and I just wanted to soak it all in and not just stay in one little place, and I just kept reading and reading. So most of my research was also not only from my reading, but how those readings changed me and how I started seeing life differently and put on a new pair of glasses that you see things differently than you used to.
3: We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast. So why did you use the ocean and sailboats as metaphors for finding spirituality in the brand new book, The Littlest Sailboat? Well,
1: to me, um, I, I love the water. I love when I love sitting by the water. I love seeing the water. And the ocean is so vast and so big. It just. Seems wonderful that God is God's source, divine. He he's the he ocean. It, it's everything, and I liked it because the little sailboat is always on the ocean, but doesn't understand how much the ocean is involved in its life, and how the wind. Because I don't even have a motor, how the wind is so important to take me from place to place, and how the sailboat would fight that. Because it wanted to go where it wanted to go, not
3: where the wind was choosing to take it. And that is awesome. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Teresa Contraxis is with us. She has got The Littlest Sailboat, which is the latest book from her. And it's a uh, journey of the soul for all ages. So talk to me a little bit about how and why we should each embrace the power of letting go.
1: You can't be happy until you do. Um, I was just reading today about, about allowance, surrender, and accepting. And how we really need to allow every moment and how much suffering we cause ourselves when we don't let go and we hold on, even to let go, instead of letting go of what happened to us 30 years ago, we hold on to it and we don't trust the person or we know what that person's going to do next and we get it all going in our heads and think about how much time and energy we waste. Never, And we don't really know what that person is going to do. And that certainly doesn't lead to forgiveness. And today I was walking on the beach. And I had my garage door with me, garage door opener, and I dropped it, but I didn't know I dropped it. I got stuck outside for three hours waiting for somebody to let me in the house. I couldn't get in. And I found it very funny that I had just been reading about allowance, that nothing to get mad at. and just allow it and let it go, and that was just ended up being part of my day. And then see the beauty that is around me, because I was able to look at the ocean, and just
3: wait till somebody can come and let me in the house. No
1: suffering
3: there. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big, big program. So this book, incredibly well written, talk to me about how adults can find it within themselves to change the course when life's storms loom. Well, I think
1: the first thing is... The live storms. you'll have one that is big enough that it makes, it makes you have another look. And I know in the book, what happens to the little sailboat um, gets swallowed up by the ocean. And when she wakes up, she realized some of the water is in the boat. And she remembered the time when she was told she came out of the depths of the ocean. And she couldn't understand it, but all of a sudden, she's like, ah, oh, well, here's some of the ocean right within me. And as we learn to trust and just allow what's happening, it will help us get out of the depth of despair. Uh, in one case for me, when my father died, who I was very close to, and I was at the funeral and at the wake, I had never felt so much peace. I, I was a total peace. I knew he was good. And he was okay. And this could have been a situation that would have devastated me for a long time. But instead, because of the journey that I had gotten so far, it was very different for me.
3: We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast. She's the author of The Little Sailboat. She joins us here on the telephone. So, Tell me what you learned from studying for several years with a shaman. Ah.
1: Uh, well, that one really taught me a lot. I did that because my daughter-in-law wanted to do that, and I thought, oh, okay, I'll do it with you. But, you know, I sort of in my head going, ah, oh, that, that, that's not real, all this stuff. And it really opened my eyes to how much different cultures and different belief systems and what they know and what there's truth to everything. I was blown away by some of the exercises we did in that things would really come to me and happen. And it was just tremendously wonderful, and it changed my whole outlook on, you know, not holding so tightly to some of the belief systems that I was taught.
3: We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live. Teresa is with us. The littlest sailboat is the latest from her. So, what can we do to confront our feelings of anger, fear, shame, and jealousy?
1: I remember for years I would say, I'm not angry. I'm not angry because I was told that as you know, you're a little girl. Oh, you're never to be angry. You're, you, you're, that's not good for you. So I never even realized I was angry. I buried it down so much. And as we do the process, and there's so many ways to do the process, whether you choose to get help professionally, which I did on time and time in my life, through prayers, through other people, whether it through, through your angels and, and whoever you feel close to that is not here and those that you do, you help each other, you trust each other. I have a friend that we talk and we call each other out on our stuff. And but whatever one calls you could bet the other one is going to call the other one out on the same stuff within weeks because we all go through the same things. And and you just need people who you could really trust to tell you the truth, not in judgment. No judgment, but just like I'm just in making a statement. Because judgment is a poison that we have all tasted, and it does not help.
3: We have got a great guest with us today, he joins us live here on our big program. So what is next for you as an author?
1: Well, I have a blog, just com, and I try to write twice a week on that. And I think it's leading to my next my next book. I have some blogs within, in that website that is called How Teresa Plans on Saving the World. And what it's about is the first step is learning not to complain, and then, of course, there's judgment that seems to keep coming, popping up for me on a regular basis, and forgiveness, and some of the things I talked about, allowance. and Because to change the world, you don't change the world. You change yourself. You don't have to try and make somebody else better. All you have to do is look at yourself lovingly, patiently, love yourself, enough, not to judge yourself, but to go, oh, look at that. I was just awful short with that person just now. I'm sorry. And, and just look at yourself, change yourself, and that changes other people. It's just like if you're in some situation where somebody's yelling and screaming, and you stay patient and kind, all of a sudden, sooner or later, everything shifts, and In my case, one time I was on the phone, and I was the one that was angry, and I was like being, I was not very nice to this person, and this person (laughs) stayed so patient with me. I finally cracked up, and I said, I can't be mad when you're being so kind.
3: (laughs) That's awesome. That is fantastic. We have got a great guest with us today. Teresa Contraxis is with this author of The Littlest Sailboat, and uh Teresa, before we let you go, how do we get in touch with you online and buy your book?
1: Okay, I, I am on Amazon, but IP Books, that's my publisher. You could get them on that. And um, also, take a look at my website, Teresa Contaxis, C-O-N-T-A-X-I-S. And you could read some little blogs and see how you like that.
3: Fantastic. Well, you've been amazing. Thanks for doing this. We will talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day, my friend.
1: You do, too. Thank you so much for your time.
3: Appreciate it, my friend. There she goes. The fantastic Teresa Contraxis. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, the fantastic Roger Homefield will be with us. Get a hold of us. On jiggyjaguar.com, archived audio, video, the whole nine yards, it is over there.
2: Now you can get generic
6: Viagra shipped to your door
2: for
0: about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the
5: 50-pill special and save even more. Plus,
4: get a free bonus. 800-485-3208. 800-485-3208. 800-485-3208. That's 800-485-3208.
6: Attention people with Medicare and anyone turning 65 are you enrolled in the best medicare plan available the average medicare beneficiary has a choice of 54 medicare plans 766 medicare part d prescription drug plans and a record 3834 medicare advantage plans how do you know you have the right plan simple call 800-991-7014 that's 800-991-7014 the service is free you You may find a plan with a $0 monthly premium, $0 copays, and $0 deductible. Don't gamble. Speak to a licensed agent to find out which plan is right for you. Call 800-991-7014. That's 800-991-7014. 800-991-7014. And let BestMedCare do the work for you.
4: Four seven three sixty five, the number two internet radio program, according to
3: Talk Stream Live.com. This is the Jiggy Jaguar radio show. Good Lord on a stick. He's calling early. We're going to go to Roger Homefield. He is going to join us here in just a few moments. We thank you for tuning into the big broadcast. So we are going to go to the great Roger Homefield. He is going to be with us here in just a few seconds. The shiny, happy, go-lucky Roger Homefield is going to be with us here in just a few seconds. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the big broadcast live video at our website, dot com From the KJAC Radio Studios in downtown Kansas, we are going to try to get a hold of Roger Homefield here in just a few seconds. We are Monday through Friday, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 PM Mountain Standard. And of course, 20 ball 7 at jiggyjaguar.com on the TuneIn apps. And of course, you can find our archived audio because the radio industry does not liking us using the P word. Go over and find it on iHeartRadio and TalkShoe. Live videos on. Oh the Facebook. And of course, twitch it on Twitch. And of course our good friends over there at jiggyjagwire.com. So it hung up the call. So we're going to try to get back in touch with Roger Homefield. He is going oh, to join good. us here in just a few seconds. There he is, the man about town. Uh, yeah. Joe Citizen himself. Um. Oh forget about what you've heard. Forget about ferrets and jello fights and gerbils and batting cages. We have the fantastic Roger Hopefield with us today. Uh, Jiggy, you're you're a lot of fun. I want to be more like you, Jiggy. No, you I don't. You <laughs> no, you have
0: more. You have you
2: more fun not. than I do, Jiggy. You really do. Maybe it's the name. Maybe if my name was Jiggy, I would be happier. Hey, I'll everybody. tell you.
3: I i, I I, I need to get on the level of your dress though. You you, you, you always look 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 like you're you're going to be a, in a mafia movie or something.
2: I uh, always overdress. You always the more, overdress. You are the more conservative <laughs> you need to look. See, so that that's my theory.
3: That's how it works. Well, uh, we have got Roger Homefield with us today, and uh, he is amazing, and he joins us live here on our big program. And of course, uh, Roger is all over, uh, as Johnny Kim would say, all oh, the YouTube with uh, all sorts of different things. He has a brand new audio parody. Uh, tell us about this new audio parody before we get into the uh, topic here today, my friend.
2: It's going to be a lyric parody. It was, it was just really kind of put together very quickly. I had, yeah, I called Sandy. I said, "Hey, um, can you put some lyrics to?" up, up, and away, you know, the beautiful balloon. And it's not, it's not as sophisticated uh, as, as it's a one-minute thing which people can live through instead of a two-and-a-half-minute uh, thing. And uh, it's not as heavy as the other ones. This is more for levity, but to keep the public in mind that we really have a bunch of incompetence running this country. <laughs> That's sad. I mean, it's really scary,
3: actually. So, so Roger, there, there is a lot going on in the world around us. Um, what what is what is the latest going on with this, uh, this Clapper character?
2: Well, th- that's one of the things that really caught my attention. There's so much stuff going on, but then you see something and you go, oh, man, are you serious? Uh, when they had the 51 intelligence officers basically come out condemning Trump, saying it looks like uh, he's in with the Russians, they knew exactly what they were doing. They were trying to alter the outcome of the election, and I suppose they did. But, and now to come back, and now, now that it's starting to come out, now that things are starting to finally unravel, John Durham, where are you? And hopefully everything will come out. But now that it's starting to unravel and that people are going to find out in black and white, whether the media says anything or not, that this letter from these 51 unintelligence officers was bogus, now Clapper's trying to walk it back and say, oh, oh, no, in paragraph five, uh, it's a disclaimer there saying that we don't really know. <laughs> so they write this big letter. 51 of them sign it because they're intelligence officials. That's right. But so now it comes back two years later. Did
3: we lose it? What happened there? This is World well, Paragraph 5.
2: We, you know, look, the word conspiracy to me <laughs> means when you're conspiring to do something, right? Yes. And when they wrote this letter. that That, that cons- would
3: be what you would think.
2: firing to take down Trump?
3: I don't know I got I I got all sorts of things happening here You're, I got, I, I, got, got, I, got I, I got I I got people okay. calling me to, to, to get me signed up to Medicare I got all sorts of things happening here but uh, <laughs> It just, you know, it it it, it, it used to be the letters for, 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 for
2: funeral insurance. You know, it it used to be calling. the
3: uh, it used to be the 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 car note people where they would call me up and and they would try to get me with the uh, the car warranties, and then they would always ask me the make and model of the vehicle, and I would always say nineteen eighty four DeLorean, and then they would hang up. But. Uh, <laughs> So, so what, what? What do you think about these these balloons and all this shenanigans?
2: Well, it really exposed the fact that there was just complete indecision. They saw it before it ever came over United States airspace, and they were timid. Uh, they dithered. Well, then again, this is the Obama Biden Biden Obama administration, and that administration did the same thing. They didn't act they studied things and they dithered for months and, you know, did nothing. Um, It exposes that, and I suppose that's a very good thing because now America hopefully is starting to wake up and say, hey, wait a second. Is this government protecting us or not? And the short answer is no, they're not. They're trying to change us culturally, maybe prepare the United States of America to go in this New World Order crap. Um, (laughs) But uh, they're certainly, you know, the one thing they're supposed to do, Jiggy, is to protect The public is supposed to protect us, and that's the one thing they don't do. They scold us. They tell us who we are, Obama, who we are, uh, and all this and that, and that uh, men have babies, and all all this. They do everything except what they're supposed to be doing, which is to govern and take and protect the protect the citizens is number one. and look what's happened to these people in Palestine. They've been really that's that's a tough situation for them. I really I really hope that they're out of harm's way soon enough so that them and their children and their grandchildren don't get affected by what happened there.
3: Yeah. Well, I seen something else that uh, I guess a ta- a train derailed in Ohio or something. Another no. one. And I'm like, what is the deal with all this?
2: I know it's uh, it's yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of. Things happening. Helicopters falling from the skies and trains they're right. and...
3: <laughs> I <sighs> so, just don't understand but, uh, any of this. Did
2: you see the thing um, about the IRS? Uh,
3: a little there? bit. A little bit. F- fill, fill me a little <laughs> bit more in on this thing.
2: Well, they want to start taxing the waitresses tips of course. waitresses waitresses so. cash chips. Now, yeah, now you can say, so. well, hey, look, uh, it's their income, they should pay tax. I mean, you, you could take that view if you want, but that's not the point. The point is and I couldn't resist. I like to put blaring posts out and I, I said, "Hey Joe, IRS. <laughs>
3: no, you and, put uh, out blaring Joe and
2: the IRS, do waitresses make 400,000 a year? What happened to no new taxes for anyone making less than that?" Right, remember four hundred thousand was that oh, four hundred thousand? Yeah. Nobody's going to get that. well waitresses, single mothers that are making not very much money, and they depend on those cash the, the whole the whole system is set up that way. They don't make much per hour.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite the deal. I'll have to say. So, uh, what 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 do you think of? Just all this, all this craziness with these derailments and all this stuff. We were kind of talking a little bit about that earlier. This, because there's there's a lot of lot of craziness, and and I don't think a lot exactly. of this is done on. I think a lot of this is done on purpose.
2: <laughs> a- a- absolutely, hundred percent, and and thank God I'm glad that she phrased it normal and crazy. Those are the two choices. Those oh, are the
3: two people. choices.
2: <laughs> that, that's what they give them, but but we're really normally anyway. Yeah, uh, you're right. It's not it's not all by accident. And so another one of my loud posts was uh, crazy or americide, which is America committing suicide. Crazy or is it americide by design? All roads lead to new world order, and. Wow. I'm going to be digging into this stuff a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm going to try to cram and become a minor expert in this. You know, I, I had a lot of background with the uh, Islamic situation in America, and that I I really was on top of. And for somehow, um, I didn't pay attention that much. I knew about Agenda 21, but not that much. I even mentioned it in my videos. I said, what is this? But I, I kind of left it up to other folks. And uh, we're going to have to all dig into the jiggy, Americans have to ask the question, what is it, Agenda 21? They have no idea how scary this is. Basically, it's America ceding her sovereignty to the United Nations, okay? You won't own property. Uh, go
3: ahead. Essentially, it, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's so scary that people wouldn't
2: even believe it. And basically that people are the vermin of the earth, that we're infecting Mother Earth, and we should all be corralled. You're not going to live where you live. You're going to live where they tell you to live which are in, they're gonna build these urban areas. Uh, and it, it really is something out of science fiction, except, except the, the thing is this, Jiggy, the stuff we're seeing here in America, we're seeing it pretty much around the world, um, this resistance to the, to the left. And like in Brazil, uh, what happened there, and it's just uh, uh, with, the, with the crazy immigration, it started with the, really the Hajj a few years ago. So I, all this stuff, I believe, is connected. All roads lead to Rome. And all this craziness, all, all roads lead to new world order. And we all have to make it our business to dig into this, find out what the new world order is, what Agenda 21 is. And this is not fiction. And the scariest part, folks, we're signed on to this. There are 179 countries that have signed on to this, Jiggy, and we are one of them. And nobody talks about it. Uh, We never voted on that. Was there ever a conversation about the cover? Of course not. We never heard Jack about this. Now, the only politicians that I've seen mention anything about this uh, Agenda 21, New World Order, are Donald Trump and DeSantis. I imagine um, uh, Marjorie Taylor has uh, also. But where are other politicians. How many are they part of it? If they're not part of it, what the hell are they doing? Have they not heard of it? Hello, the fly? I mean, they have to know about it. I mean, they have to Back know about reference. it, right, Jiggy? And if they know about it and they're not talking about it, that's kind of scary, too.
3: So, Roger, before we let you go, how do we get your latest parody and uh, and hear it, see it, all this stuff?
2: well look it's going to be turned into a lyric parody so it will be a video the audio thing i did but now in the past this used to be a trick question you get to me and said, oh how do you email me but uh, I, I have it right here
3: you're you're know, prepped look at that bringbacktrump.net okay. and everything you
2: can, you can email me at he was he was right all along at gmail.com he was right all along at gmail.com, and yes, I'm referring to Trump because, like him or hate him, he was right all along. <laughs> he just was. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, the, the, the video parodies are at bringbacktrump.net. Once again, bringbacktrump.net. Uh, another one uh, is he was framed by Hillary. Nobody talks about this. He was framed <laughs> by Hillary. I mean, <laughs> This is stunning to me. This is a bigger story than the balloons to me. This I mean, is a bigger story than Trump. the
3: balloons. <laughs>
2: I think so. Uh, he was framed by Hillary.net. And uh, like I say, we'll, we'll have another one on the balloons for you next week.
3: <laughs> well, you are great. And uh, I will talk to you next Thursday. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Jiggy. Appreciate it, brother. Have a great week. You too. Right. There he goes. A fantastic. Roger Ohmfield. He joins us today here on our big program. So that wraps it up here for this edition of our big broadcast. Thank you for joining us. We got all sorts of different things happening. Go over and check it out today. We will see you next time. My thanks to Roger Homefield, Tiresis Contrexus, and of course, Barry Bradman. I am Jigman Freud, the master debater, the cunning linguist, and the admirable iteration, and we will see you next time. Peace! And I'm out of 5000.